Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Content and Caffeine. This week, I'm joined by Benjamin Utterback from Hinge Marketing. Benjamin and I discuss inbound marketing, outbound marketing, and how software companies in particular can use these two forms of marketing to gain leads and customers. This podcast is brought to you by Wordify. Wordify is my content marketing agency. We help software companies and SaaS companies with their entire content marketing strategy, including everything from blog post production to white papers and eBooks, to sales assets and landing pages and everything in between. If you want to hear more about Wordify, you can head over to wordify.co. I really hope you enjoy this episode. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Content and Caffeine. My name is Kaya Ismail, and today I'm joined by Benjamin Utterback, the Senior Manager at Hinge Marketing, which is a research-based branding and marketing firm. Me and Benjamin first came into contact when he was the Product Marketing Manager at PrestaShop, which is a Paris-based e-commerce solution. Now, that pretty much makes Benjamin my ideal podcast guest because he has a marketing brain, but he also knows the software world. So today, we're going to delve into inbound marketing, outbound marketing, the differences between the two, and how brands can strike a balance between the two. Benjamin, welcome to Content and Caffeine. Thank you, Kaya. Happy to be here. Thank you for coming on. So my first question is always an easy one for my for my guests, and that is, what's your favorite caffeinated drink, and where in the world is your favorite place to drink it? So yeah, I would say it's black coffee for me. Pretty simple. Okay. Uh, as far as where, uh, you know, I think anywhere where you can unplug, uh, kind of get get away from um, the hustle and bustle of the daily digital uh, whirlwind that we're in every day is nice, yeah. and that's kind of. The good thing about uh, remote working and, and teleworking as well is that you can actually have the best of both both worlds there. So, Definitely, definitely. I, I like to just, um, when I do head out to the coffee shop, to be fair, I just sort of work while I'm there. But do you like to just go, go to a coffee shop and not work, like not get the laptop out and just sit there and just enjoy the, the atmosphere? Or do you prefer just to actually go in and get some work done? Yeah, either either one is good. I mean, I think yeah. caffeine is a is a good thing to have pretty much whenever. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, I think that we can always make time for caffeine. Okay, so let's jump into the real stuff here. So we're talking about inbound inbound marketing, outbound marketing. Can you run us quickly through the differences between the two? Give us a few examples, maybe. Yeah, sure. Uh, so uh, outbound and inbound. I I guess you can also break it in maybe into uh, kind of push or pull marketing. Uh, outbound being the more push marketing, uh, sometimes seen as intrusive or maybe the old school or traditional um, methods uh, of marketing. Uh, this could be you know cold calls, uh, going to networking conferences, uh, doing some some traditional PR uh, sponsorships, and uh, you know some of those some of those more uh, older methods, maybe TV ads, uh, radio ads, print ads. Right. Uh, that's kind of what the whole outbound uh, world was. It, it, it wasn't outbound marketing before inbound marketing came in. Inbound marketing yeah. is kind of the the, the new way, um, and I, inbound really can be seen as more more digital and content, uh, kind of pulling uh, the those the, the the customers or audience um, into engaging with you. Whereas uh, outbound was more kind of pushing your message onto uh let's say unsuspecting victims <laughs> that's right that's right so uh yeah for for inbound i mean it's really content i mean we're, we're all doing it it's blog posts case studies those those email marketing campaigns with an opt-in 
or now yeah. a, a triple opt-in with GDPR coming out. So oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, webinars, keyword research, and then those those type of things. For sure, for sure. I like to sometimes think of it as um, outbound marketing, as you said, it's sort of like um, interruption-based. So an outbound marketing campaign will will stop a customer in their tracks when they're trying to do something else and you're interrupting yeah. them with your message. Yeah. Whereas an inbound marketing campaign is sort of like your message is, it, it is somewhere and the customer knows where it is and they'll seek it out when they want to find it. So that is that, true. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a cool way to look at it as well. Okay, so in your experience, what's what's more effective? I mean, is inbound more effective? Is outbound more effective? Is it a blend of the two? Uh, I always say that a good inbound marketing strategy should be able to sort of feed uh, an outbound marketing strategy. You know, good content mm-hmm. gives you a good excuse to reach out to to a business if you're B2B or to a customer if you're B2C. But in your experience, in your opinion, um, what's what's the right balance here? Yeah, you bring up a good point. The balance is what the the you know all firms, individuals, and and companies are trying to find how to strike that that balance. And uh, I would say it's definitely going to be a blend. But at the same time, you it's all it's all down to a matter of of uh, metrics and 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 return on the effort or return on the investment that you're putting in. Uh, right. you know, at, at Hinge, we do a lot of research into high growth firms. What what makes the the firms grow faster than other firms and we really look into the the techniques that um you know firms across industries uh use to to get the uh, greatest impact uh so we definitely see a blend uh and i think you're you're right when you say uh one kind of uh, brings or bridges a gap into another in terms of uh a good inbound content strategy you know you have blog posts and uh guides uh right. gives you uh, a good excuse to reach out to them and also, I think it's the other way around as well. Uh, you know, you can go to uh, a a conference and uh, or or speak at a conference, and then link, uh, you know, maybe a link to your website, a link to a guide where you can gather emails and use those emails into you know marketing automation uh, platform uh, to to automate that nurture campaign. So it, it's definitely a balance. And and the and the main thing here, and I'm sure I'm going to talk about this more later um, because it's a constant. Is is that tracking aspect? Is actually finding out what is working through numbers uh, and, and and validating through through key metrics, uh, so you can focus on on a few uh, techniques instead of just throwing everything at the wall and just hoping right. something works without being able to to really say, okay, the, you know, we're spending twenty thousand dollars on a sponsorship every year for this great conference, sure. but you have no idea, uh, you know, if it's actually working or if it's just more of a brand awareness type of push. Yeah. So what kind of metrics should brands be looking out for? Um, and what kind of metrics do you guys at Hinge look out for in these um, sort of higher growth companies? Yeah, so it's leads would be a great uh, leads is is a great one uh, yeah. to to track. And even a step before that, even getting uh, valid emails uh, from any sort of these these techniques, right. uh, because with those emails, you can do a lot of uh, of outreach and seeing what that happens. So uh, this this is also where that, that infrastructure aspect of it uh, comes in because uh, if you're putting emails into into an Excel spreadsheet in, in 2018, I think you're going to have a bad time. Um, yeah. and, and, and unfortunately, it's a lot of a lot of companies are still doing that. So it's kind of uh, as marketers, it's kind of our, our job to to really look at the entire landscape and, and, and look at uh, what's most impactful for them. Do, do they need to be, uh, you know, spending a lot of money on sponsorships or maybe spending that money on some infrastructure for to to make sure they they have the foundation set up 
uh, for a successful marketing campaign. All right. So if you're talking about a brand who's, who's you know, relatively new to the industry, let's say they're in the first year of growth, would you recommend just off the bat an inbound, uh, that they focus more on inbound, that they focus more on outbound, or does it really, you know, depend a lot on their industry? Does it depend a lot on their product or service? You know, or, mm-hmm. basically what I'm asking you here is, is there a one-size-fits-all solution or does every brand sort of have to find their own way and see what fits them based on, like you said before earlier, the metrics that they're seeing yeah. uh, and the money they have to hand as well? Yeah, it's a it's a question I get a lot. And, and w- what I say is that, you know, there's no industry or service that's so boring that you cannot write or produce content that's valuable for for any audience. Right. Uh, you know, I get a lot of pushback saying, "Oh, you know, my some of these my audience are they're they're older, they're not technological savvy." Um, maybe that would have worked, uh, you know, ten years ago, maybe when, but now it's becoming so commonplace that you know everybody's great grandmother has a has a smartphone now, and they yeah. they're all on WhatsApp and sending and sending uh, gifts to each other. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, so I definitely think that uh, creating content is is going to be important now what that content is uh this is this is another aspect as 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 far as the uh, the tracking and metrics but it's also the understanding your audience and this is where that research of the audience comes in and and that's also at at hinge what we would specialize in in that in that research we would research your uh, potential customers we'll research your lost prospects we'll uh, talk to uh, your current clients and we'll just see what are they into? Are they interested in webinars? Uh, what conferences do they go to? What publications do they, do they read? And then right. you know we have you have a database like that. You can look at it and and really make a a, a recommendation onto what tactics to use. But definitely inbound and and content and digital it it should always uh, be there because it's just part part of doing marketing now. Yeah, totally agree with you. So. If we're talking about a brand that perhaps doesn't have the funding there to sort of um, analyze their audience to that degree, mm-hmm. instead of going in a little bit blind, uh, yes. which is which is the case for a lot of companies, and we're talking about creating content here, as you just mentioned. So where should they start? Should they start with a consistent blogging strategy? Should they record a, an insightful video every week? Mm-hmm. Should they launch a podcast? Should they try to do all of the above at once? Um what would you what would, what would be the first step for you if you were in charge of a, of a company like that uh for for a company that is you know starting up startup type uh definitely make sure that the website has the infrastructure to support uh what your what your vision of the future is going to be uh you don't want to have a, a website that that you're going to have to uh totally change once you you maybe find out a year or so later that you want to support videos on on your on your blog, let's say, and then you realize that the infrastructure is not there. So making sure the website um, is there, uh, ready to support uh, what the your, the future might hold. So make sure it's flexible, and you know WordPress is a great one uh, for uh, a flexibility. But there's a lot of different uh, CMSs that, yeah. that have that flexibility to do that. Uh, so now it goes on to what what the people are are into in terms of like the the company. Uh, and and the partners or the employees or if it's a startup you know the the CEO and founder what do they like to do no one's going to do what they don't want to do so sure. it's really finding out w- what makes you tick and if you don't know yet then you have to taste different things you have to try different things um, it could be writing um, it could be vlogging uh, video blogging uh, yeah. just could be uh, speaking at conferences so mm-hmm. it, it's kind of where that 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 self awareness is and and knowing what what you what what you like to do um 
And if you do like to do something, uh, you can definitely train yourself to be good and better at it. And, and any of those things will be successful. Um, so it yeah. could be, a, it could be either. It's, it's hard to say. It depends on the person. Okay, fair enough. So your a previous position you held at Presser Shop, like I mentioned earlier, that was more, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, it was a bit more B2C, whereas Hinge yeah. Marketing is a little bit more B2B, if I'm, am I correct in saying that? Yes. Have you seen any differences, key differences on, in how um, a brand in those two different sort of industries, the B2C and the B2B industry, should approach their content marketing? Is there, is there a difference um, or is it pretty much you know the same sort of strat- strategies, but just the messaging mm-hmm. within those strategies should be different? Yeah, well, for 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 e-commerce, if you're having a, if you're if you're starting an e-commerce store, uh, and it's it's kind of, you know, six years ago, the whole entire landscape was different. I mean, people were still keyword stuffing. It was the the end of the keyword stuffing era there. Yeah. Uh, so uh, SEO is is plays a similar part for for all of this. It, the difference was was uh, for e-commerce, you had all these products. Um, and all the products you have a variety of SEO strategies or kind of that, those gray hat techniques in order to get onto the, the first page of, you know, buy, uh, you know, buy women's shoes or something like this. Right. Uh, so, uh, it, but the techniques are, are, are fairly similar. Uh, it's just maybe some tweaks here, here and there to, because the, the intent is a lot of times different, you know, for B2B, people usually aren't looking to buy products. So you have to really think of that that user intent when when doing B two C because people are looking to purchase uh, something very quickly and so that that mindset uh, around that needs to be a little different. Whereas B two B could be a little more educational. Maybe you have to massage uh, the the visitors a little yeah. more at first. Sure, for sure. I I I, I think that in the B two B space, it's always again like you say a bit massaging it a bit. Not beating around a bush, but talking about the the broader context of things and where the product, where, it, where your product or service fits into mm-hmm. the ideal buyer's world, right? And just talking about their world in general. Whereas a B to in a B to C sort of environment, you're you're more sort of attacking the point. You know, you've got a customer there who maybe wants to buy this pair of shoes, so you're talking about those pair of shoes in your content because exactly. They're, they're right there right yep cool so um is there anything else that you think our audience should know about this topic about inbound marketing outbound marketing any sort of little tips or tricks you've picked up uh along the way in your career uh or any sort of opinions that maybe aren't even um you know back back by data shall we say that you you mm-hmm. think that people should know about yeah well i you know i think that once people are getting into their marketing campaigns and seeing some results uh, the next step would be the the, the testing, uh, you know, the A B testing specifically. And I see this time and time again where um, you know companies, firms, they're they're focused on uh, maybe some of these uh, little changes that they read in all these articles online, the changing of the font, the changing of the color of the call to action. Um, and from my experience, those really aren't going to move the needle the way uh, the way that you're going to want. And then you know some of these companies that are making these reports, you know, they have so many resources, uh, so much yeah. time to do these really um, amazing and intricate studies uh, onto very small uh, changes. And sure, you're going to find some cases that, that make some, some impact. But uh, in the broad scheme of things, big changes make big impacts. So maybe think about instead of changing the CTA uh, color, 
uh, start thinking about changing the entire design of, right. of the landing page. Um, you know, make yourself uncomfortable with what you're doing. Um, and you may, may find some really dramatic results. Yeah, I, I really, I'm really glad you said that because, you know, there's, there are some companies out there who are like, you know, our conversion rate isn't where it needs to be because the outline color of our CTA button is, is too gray, right? Yeah. And it's just like, we've got to make that, we've got to make that red. And it's just yeah. like, well, <laughs> you know, that might help with like a 0.01% increase. But really, if the conversion rate is, is, is far below what it should be, there's yeah. a bigger problem. And it's not these intricate little details. Exactly. And, and although those intricate details do matter, they should only be really seen as a, as an issue once your conversion rate is where it should be. And once you're really happy with your content strategy and the way your, your website looks and, and everything, all, yeah. all the stuff that goes with that, and then you can start looking at that stuff. But I do, I do, I do definitely hear you when you when you say, you know, brands look too closely at that kind of stuff way, way, way too soon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very, very true. Okay, so let's move on to our quick fire round. Uh, just a series of three questions. Feel free to answer them very quickly, or or, or you know, take your time as well. So, first question is, um, what's your favorite social media platform right now, and why? Uh, so I guess. Would Reddit be a social media platform? Yeah, I, I include it. I include yeah, it's it's funny because social media now, it's with that, with every, everything that's coming out, it's almost like social media is now personal media. It's like social media, you have to be you, or and they know everything about you. And I think right. that's kind of why I like Reddit uh, because <laughs> yeah. you do have a little more. Uh, it's kind of the the anonymous side of it. Uh, Anonymity, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, and and also it's kind of the the world brain right that the aggregate that's what's so good about quora too it was it was kind of that you know the upvote type of uh yeah the the consciousness of the of the online people around the world so i i like that a lot yeah i, I love reddit it's a good place to go are, are there any subreddits you recommend are there any any interesting ones there's so many that i do oh yeah there, there, there's so many i i really like uh you know i watch uh watch uh, english premier league soccer over Okay. Yeah, I'm sure you do as well. So. Oh, I do. We could talk about that on another podcast. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that's a good one. I do frequent that sometimes too. Yeah. But um, on that subject of Reddit, they are slowly bringing in some social media-ish uh, features, trying to sort of morph it into more of a Facebook competitor. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed, they've got profiles now. Um, so people are, are going to start, up, you know, they're being encouraged almost to to give up their anonymity yeah uh slowly slowly there's, yeah, there's not the, happy there's with some, that <laughs> yeah no i didn't think it would be uh but obviously it's not being it's not being forced on everybody but it seems to be taking that route towards like yeah. you know we want to become the next um traditional social social media platform yeah. rather than a forum but i hope they do keep that forum aspect to it and it, it does allow people to just be anonymous because it does give you a different dimension as you say it does uh, i mean there, there are like some Facebook. drawbacks to, to to that as well but i for think sure, overall sure. it gives that it gives that yeah. freedom uh to, to be yourself yeah, I mean, anybody who uses or Twitter Or be knows. anybody else, yeah. <laughs> yeah, anyone who uses Twitter as well knows that with anonymity comes a lot of trolling, a lot of oh, yeah. uh, dis distasteful things. But um, you know what? Sometimes it gives you a an authentic view into humanity. I mean, I don't want to get too philosoph philosophical here, but no, you're right. it, it sort of um, it, it shows what's really on people's minds. Okay, cool. So um, question two is, whose content are you consuming the most right now? That could be an author, it could be a vlogger, whoever it may be. Yeah, uh, I do like some of the uh, some of the Wall Street Journal, uh, Economist, Investors, Business Daily. Uh, okay. I try I try to stay a little bit away from politics, and if I do go, I try to look at the both sides of it. But it's very po polarizing right now, um, especially in, in in America here. So yeah, uh, 
but yeah, it's just so much out there. And, you know, with aggregate news sites like Reddit, uh, you just, you find so many different aspects those from the science magazines, uh, to uh, economics, to philosophy as well. So cool. Very cool. So third and final question, what's the most helpful piece of advice you can give to a company that wants to stop producing content that makes a real impact? Uh, start doing it. Uh, try something. Uh, the worst thing you can do is just uh, talk about it uh, and have meetings about it and figure out what you think is going to be the perfect content strategy uh, without actually uh, creating any content to begin with. So don't be scared to fail. Uh, don't be scared to try something. And uh, you never know what, what works until you try. So it's pretty simple, but uh, it's, it's, a, it's a hard first step to take. Yeah, 100%. I love that. Stop planning and start doing, right? Yeah, 100%. Benjamin, what, thanks, thanks again for coming on. What's the uh, best way for people to find you online? Uh, probably just connecting with my LinkedIn, uh, linkedin.com slash IN uh, slash Ben Utterback. Uh, that would probably be the best way. Uh, so get connected with me on there. Excellent, excellent. Okay. Thank you very much for more time for coming on the show. I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, I certainly did. Thank you so much, Kai. Thank you. Thank you very much. Guys, thank you for listening to Content and Caffeine. If you enjoyed this episode, remember to share it with your friends and your colleagues. And please remember to rate and review us on iTunes or whichever app you're listening to us on. If you're looking for show notes, head over to wordify.co forward slash podcast. And I'll see you again next week.